Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Hey guys, Chris Hansen here from Karate Unity. Thanks so much for going live with me. And thanks in advance to those watching the replay when I post it up on YouTube and pretty much everywhere else. So welcome to another edition of the Karate Unity podcast. Today we'll be talking to someone who really needs no introduction, really. A prominent karate influencer, uh, Ian Abernathy. Uh, we'll be talking about a topic that we're both passionate about traditionalism and the evolution in karate okay so for those of you who are new here welcome to karate unity my name is chris hansen you can find me here on instagram facebook and youtube uh, i'm a karate guy who uh loves all martial arts um and basically my my platform is a recording of my training journey uh uniting martial arts and combat sports into uh my karate um so before my special uh special guest comes on i just want to give a big ups to everybody just rolling in i see so how you guys doing? Uh, big ups to everybody on here. I'd really appreciate it if you guys could drop an emoji, a thumbs up, some hearts. Just and also comment. Let me know where you guys are from. Maybe see uh, Ben. How you doing, Ben from uh, Staffordshire? Steve, how you doing? And uh, my Renchi, Rob Swan, how you doing? Okay, just another couple of seconds, and we're gonna bring Ian on. Oh, there he is. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you no problem at all. All yeah. right. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. You, uh, good afternoon. What, what did you do today? Well, um, finally, he's trying to get caught up on all my emails today, so I've been getting all that ready. I've got 150 outstanding, so that's uh, probably going to be the job for the remainder of the day, I think, now. Wow. Yeah, do a little bit of training, walk the dog, cook some food, tidy the kitchen, you know, all the Sunday stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. Well, we're we're back again. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so yeah, much. Yeah. I think, uh, refresh my memory, I think last time we spoke was, uh, it was before COVID, right? Or was it just when it just started? No, I think it was when it just started. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, like I think in the summer there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember hey, it was hot because my iPad burned out, if you remember. Yes, I remember that. I think it uh, overheated because it was so hot in the car. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm in the living room today, so I should, should, yeah. uh, shouldn't have that problem. And it's winter, of course, now. Eh? Yes, 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 yes. How, uh, how cold does it get over there? Uh, I mean, the weather here is fairly consistent, right? So it's just cold and wet and grey for like 12 months of the year. It yeah. just varies in how cold, wet and grey it gets. So we don't get like you guys get, you know, with the... Snow and sub-zero temperatures. It's rare it snows, but it's, I don't know, I like it. It's my yeah. natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're used to it. Yeah, right now it's, it's pretty mild. But, uh, you know, we've been, we've been like in Toronto, we, we get sometimes minus 30, minus 35 degrees Celsius. So it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's no, crazy. nothing like that. I always remember <laughs> the first time I went to Australia where it was like super warm and hot in Melbourne for a week. And yep. then, uh, coming back to land in Manchester, and when we landed, it's the cold, the wet, and the grey. I always say it felt like like a fish being put back in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could deal with this, you know, cold, wet, and grey. But uh, um, yeah, don't do well with the heat. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, okay, so let's get right into it. From from the work you do and your messaging on social media, I've noticed that you know you're a huge proponent of what I call. Um, healthy traditionalism and the evolution of karate um these two ideas ian you know they they resonate resonate with me really deeply um and i'd love your take on traditionalism and the evolution of karate and what that means to you but before i do i, I i'm excited because i've spoken to pretty much all my friends 
about this. Um, and I want to share, and I've spoken to you, I think, a little bit about this. I want to talk to you about Nagamini really quickly. Um, yeah. and, 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 it, and it ties in really well with, with, uh, with this whole topic. So I got this book. Uh, it's very well used. There's sticky <laughs> notes and notes all over it. The binding's all broken. Um, I got this. Uh, this, this is such a, a memory piece for me. I got this when I was 13 years old. Okay. I remember the day, like, uh, uh, what's it? My, uh, my teacher came back from Okinawa and, uh, he's a, a praying mantis Shorinru guy. And so he fused uh, a lot of those arts together, which, is, which was a nice expression of his karate. And um, he told us all, he says, listen, you guys are coming up the ranks now, and I want you guys to, to use these books to, to firm up your kata. So mm. this, book, this book is a kata book, but it also talks about, it, it gets into Nagamini's mind and his history. And, and so I wanted to share this little snippet with you because it elucidates clearly about traditionalism and evolution from, from a Okinawan mindset. And, and it yeah. points to one conclusion that these guys were training hard, they were fit, they were learning, and they were cross-training given, given what they knew and what, what was accessible to them. Okay, so I, I really want to share this with you. So first of all, my, my take on, on what traditionalism is, you know, according to like a textbook definition, I mean, I've looked up tons of... Uh, definitions on it and plus i teach some of that in part as part of my social studies as a high as a as an elementary school teacher it's basically the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation right now to me okay if you look at if you look at a bubble like i'm a very visual person if you look at the 1800s or maybe even earlier in okinawa you know you had you had you had that Okina the karate was, a, was brimming, right? Oka Okinawans were developing their art. They were cross-training. They were, they were testing themselves. Um, some of them were putting themselves in fights too. Like I know, I know uh, Motubu loved to scrap, according to, the, to, 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 my, to my research. And so they were testing. They were cross-training and stuff. And all of that moved on. But then there was a disconnect somewhere. And that's where I'm going to ask you. So, so bookmark that thought. I, I, I want to know why is that disconnect. And I have my theories on it. But so that healthy tradition was supposed to be passed on. I think it was their intention to do that. Now, here's proof, written proof verbatim that Nagamini was doing this. Okay. So um, on page 61 right here, I've taken notes <laughs> and I've bookmarked it. Okay. It's in a section on Tachikata. So he's talking about stances. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I used a lot of this for a lot of my material too, you know, just to elucidate some points. So he says... Straight off the bat, he goes, Karate-do is a martial art used in a, used in a kill or be killed, can be used in a kill or be killed situation, he says. And then he goes on directly to talk about, he says, therefore, because of that, stance training is key. And he says, there are three attributes that, are, that must be followed. He goes, mm -hmm. in order for, for your stance training to be on par and for you to have the kill or be killed instinct in your training. And this is what he says. He says, and he, and he highlights it right over here. Okay, three things. Okay, right <laughs> here. okay. he goes, long endurance. Okay, uh, full body, long endurance, including the legs. Okay, stability and balance. Flexibility and mobility. Then here's the thing. Here's the, here's the sealer, okay? And then we're going to, I want to get your take on it. Okay, so then here's the sealer. He goes, 
martial arts and, and I repeat, and combat sports such as kendo, judo, aikido, boxing, and wrestling have these attributes. Mm. We need to learn from these things. <laughs> then he goes on and he says, but, he goes, but, and he says there right here, he says, but these three conditions are often neglected, neglected in kata and freestyle sparring. Uh, in, in some, in some karate schools. Yeah. So my conclusion from all of this, like I, I was like brimming, I had goosebumps and I got goosebumps even now. I'm thinking, yes, we, we have, like I, I'm not as schooled and versed as you guys, um, um, you and, and some, some like, like Pat McCarthy, for example, I look up, I look at him cause he, he's like an encyclopedia yeah, of all this. Uh, yeah. yeah, Andreas Quast and all these guys, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I I looked at this and I looked at this and I looked at this and I did research and I'm thinking there, this is just one out of many examples of how these guys perpetuated this healthy tradition, right? And so, I mean, we've got proof. I mean, he's looking at combat, like the mix of, the mix of uh, arts that he talks about. He talks about kendo, judo, aikido, boxing, and wrestling. Well, if you look at that, kendo is a, is a, is a stick form, but it's got mm -hmm. dynamic footwork. Judo, judo and Aikido, you've got a mix of grappling, lots of atemi and stuff, boxing and wrestling, grappling and striking, right? Yeah. So MMA right there. And to prove, to prove the point, he's, he's, he's not just saying it, he actually did it. So apparently he's got a third Dan in Kendo and he's got a first Dan in Judo and he cross-trained with a bunch of other guys too. So I'm done. I just wanted to share this with you. I just wanted to, uh, no, I was excited. Yeah, cool. And I just wanted your take on traditionalism and evolution. Go. Yeah, no, I remember that's the point, you see. When you actually look at what uh, the past masters uh, wrote about tradition, it's quite different from what started to be viewed as traditionalism from, say, 1950s, 1960s. So the, the quote that always leaps to mind for me is uh, Funakoshi's, where he said, um, times change, the world change, and obviously martial arts must change too. Yes. You know, the karate that he's taught today um, is, is uh, that high school students learn today is different from the karate of 10 years ago and is very different indeed from the karate I learned as a child in, in Okinawa. Uh, and that is not a criticism. He's, he's saying that that is a good thing. Yes. That it's changed and evolved over time. Uh, and the one, I mean, just looking at, you cannot find a single one uh, of the, uh, the, what we would now call the, like, the classical generation, if you like, the ones who gave us karate in its modern form. You can't find a single one of those who passed it on exactly as it was taught to them. So I, I always think when people talk about traditionalism, uh, my friend uh, Jamie, who you know, Jamie Club, right? Yeah, Jamie, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jamie's a great guy, real deep thinker. And Jamie uses the term uh, pseudo-traditionalism as opposed to traditionalism. Because I, I um, well, you, I would class myself and from my definitions, you would be too. I would class you as a traditional martial artist but because um, that's a framework you've got. But the tradition is one of taking what we've been given and then trying to build on it in any way that we can. We shouldn't try and preserve the martial arts in amber. I always, I always use the thing is, I, I think a tree is a good analogy for this. You know, if we talk about traditional roots, the whole purpose of roots is to encourage growth. The, yes. If the tree is not growing, it's dead. Those roots are dead. So if you want to preserve your traditional roots, the way that you'll see that those roots are doing what they're supposed to do is you'll see new gradual growth. I think sometimes as well, people mistake that for like we're talking about radical revolution, which is now <laughs> I see it. I always like it. Science is another good example. 
Yep. You know, um, um, uh, earlier today when I'm doing my chores, I've listened to some guy talk about physics and they mentioned Newton. And we all, like, Newton kind of has his classical physics and then physics moves on. But, but no one says, oh, well, Newton was an idiot, didn't know what he was talking about. We just get, over time, we gradually build um, on each generation to get better and better. And on, to, to that quote there, I wasn't previously aware of that uh, Nagamimi quote, but it's a good one. But um, uh, Chojin Miyagi, the founder of Goju, said pretty much the same thing. The karate should expose itself to practitioners of other systems for criticism and to see what could be, be learned, you know. We, we, the, the aim is not to keep things exactly the same just because that was how you're instructed in it. It's got to move on. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm just responding to, I'm multitasking here. I'm responding to all these <laughs> questions coming in. Somebody asked me, uh, if, if you and I have ever competed in, in, in the tournament circuit, um, and I, I, I said, no, <laughs> we, we haven't. I, I did a long time ago. Yeah. I think, I think if I did, you'd kill me. <laughs> I've oh, seen that. Uh, against each other. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's an Atlantic <laughs> between us. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 So I guess, I guess my next question is I've got all my, I've got all kinds of reasons why there has been a disconnect. Um, and it like, so basically there's been a disconnect and, and clearly there has been because that's what gives you business. That's what gives us business. That's what keeps us driven. Um, and I mean business, not just from, you know, a monetary point of view, it keeps us passionate. The fact is just that disconnect and the fact that we want to, you know, do it, do things right. Like the way, the way, like, it's not just, man, I'm so, I'm so passionate about this. I can't even currently <laughs> talk about this. I'm an educator. Okay. Um, and uh, I wanted to talk to you about that later, but since, since we're talking about it now, I'm an educator and I look at, I look at the school of education. I look at education as a faculty. So it's this huge entity. You walk in and you're learning a bunch of stuff and you've got, so, and your education evolves year after year. So if you take a look at an elementary school paradigm, you walk in, you've got your JK and your primary years, and then you then real, learn, real learning starts to happen, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, right? Where we start drilling and putting more concepts into your head, right? But the thing is, um, not one teacher can do all that. So you've got, you've, got the, you've, got the, uh, you've got the education, which is to me this, let's synonymously swap the word education for martial arts, okay? Mm -hmm. So you've got, so, you've got um, so I'm gonna flip flop between the two. You've got education, there's this big faculty, it's huge, but you've got all these specialties, you've got all these educators that are going to be specializing in that education for you. It's gonna give you something specific. So you have a math teacher, you have a social studies teacher, you have a geography teacher, right? And all of these guys are giving you streams of information that you're gonna digest, and it's all part of this holistic education. And this evolves each year, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and, then, and then once you're done, you know, the hope is, you know, these teachers have facilitated some sort of independence in you and you're going to perpetuate that by learning things on your own and using all of these connections you've made, right, to, to, to foster this growth. So this, the, the roots is the school and the tree, all the leaves and everything are you, you're making all this flourish, right? So when I see that, I'm thinking, okay, these karate guys were doing that back in the day, but there's this huge disconnect now. Society's is moving on in that way, right? Like, like it, in order for us to, to do anything, we need to build, we need to educate ourselves on anything and we need to act on it, right? But why is the disconnect? Why is the silos? Why, why are there stylistic uh, disconnections 
It drives me nuts. And that's why I created Unity, right? Yeah. Um, so I want you to take, like, I want to know why. Like, my, my reason why, I think it's, it's fear and insecurity and not, not lack of confidence or yeah, something like this. I, think, you know, I don't know. Human elements definitely come in. I think you've got historical elements as well. So there's a couple of things on that one. So the mm. first one is, is um, with the, uh, the Budo revolution, if you like, so everyone following Judo's uh, lead, Karate suddenly gets taught in a very different way. So you've got large groups of people uh, doing it in university halls, uh, primarily as a form of physical exercise uh, and personal challenge. Yep. So, 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 and that produces a large number of instructors very quickly who have learned that version of karate and don't have the sufficient depth. And I think that starts to bed in the idea, well, this is how my sensei always did it. So it's been taught in a monkey see, monkey do way and that gets perpetuated in the teaching. So I think that that's one thing. It becomes part of the culture. So the, the true tradition of constant change gets replaced by a modern tradition of do not change anything. And I think part of that is because outside testing starts to disappear a little bit. So, so, so what happens is uh, people can stay within that, that, that framework. Uh, and then what works against another karateka works against another karateka is because you've got an agreed way of fighting. Also, you get artificial criteria being added in. What does it look like? Is it as sensei said it should be? So, so that fosters this idea of never change it um, as well. Um, so that's one thing. And then, of course, that leads it to the things you talked about, the insecurity and everything else. To, to use the, uh, the, the, the high school um, analogy, is, yep. uh, I think there's another level to that as well. So if I went to my geography teacher, my geography teacher knows all there is to know about geography. Uh, my chemistry teacher knows all there is to know about chemistry and will know a little bit about physics because those overlap a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so he, he understands everything about those areas very depth. But it's like us in martial arts. We can't be uh, experts in everything. So a person could choose to go to, go to a karate school, a good karate school, and learn very complete, very realistic karate or, or krav or jujitsu or whatever it is they choose. If you've got holistic teaching, you'll learn that in a full holistic way. But if you want to advance any given element of that, that's the point where you need to start looking for those outside instructors who will have specialized in that area. So for me, for example, when I, throwing was taught to me as part of karate as I did it. Uh, but then one of my karate instructors said, okay, you know, your throwing is fine but we want to make it excellent, now go study some judo. Do you know what I mean? To, to work yes. specialists in to, those to areas. To clean it up a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's a case that people need to do, well, I'm going to go to taekwondo for kicking and wrestling for takedowns and um, boxing for punching. They can find arts that will cover you know, the, the, all those elements well. But if you wanted to be a, a, a superb puncher, um, then boxing or superb kick and look at taekwondo and yeah you know, there's those, those areas that specialize in those things can obviously uh, be helpful you know but you can get a broad education you can, get, you can be a, an entirely competent martial artist um, if you find a holistic instructor in one given system but if you want to excel that's when you've got to start looking across I, I was i was perfect i was just thinking you know I, i've been this has been brewing on my mind for a long time so i've been thinking we want to be, if you look at the uh, doctor anal anal analogy, you've got your general practitioner and then you've got your, your specialists, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we as martial artists, I, I would like to look at us as a general practitioner. We want to be the best possible general practitioner ever by keeping all these specialists at bay, right? We, uh, uh, nearby. So, you know, so I, I think 
that uh, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. That's I mean, a really good analogy, actually. I think I yeah. that's a really good analogy. So you've got, uh, like, again, we quote Jamie again. Jamie has this idea that self-defense mm. uh, is like first aid. First aid. Like, yeah, like, I, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a brilliant analogy, right? So, yeah. so you can teach a member of the public to be a competent first aid. And we as martial artists are going to step beyond that. I, I love your analogy. We're going to be GPs. But yeah. if you want to be a brain surgeon of punching, go do boxing. Yes. If you want to be the heart surgeon of ground fighting, go and do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. If, if, I, if I want to... Yeah. But we all have that first aid training and that general practitioner training, and then we've still got the opportunity to go and specialize beyond that, you know, in whatever floats your boat. No, exactly. And the, the, to, to your point, um, the first aid thing is a very, it's a brilliant analogy. Like we can talk, we can talk the whole podcast about this thing. The first aid idea and self-defense classes, right? It, it, or any kind of martial art classes. It's, it's like, you know, I, I know that firsthand because, uh, you know, as an educator, I have to get my first aid and CPR updated on, on, on a certain schedule and stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember every single little thing, you know, all these procedures. And sometimes when I'm called at school, like I, I'm, I'm the go-to guy for first aid there, one of them anyway, and say a, a student, you know, has, has some sort of injury and, and stuff, you know, for, for some general things, I'm, I'm pretty good at. But then sometimes um, when I have a kid in a crisis situation, I know enough to keep them safe and breathing and all that. Yeah. But then it buys me some time to actually, I quickly look up in my book, you know, because I, I have it all bookmarked, easy accessible on an emergency situation. I look it up, I look up that procedure right away and then I have to, I, I, I execute, right? But now, ideally, I should be doing this, practicing these scenarios all over and over again, at least reading about them. So I have them in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think, you know, what happens with a lot of, uh, martial artists and uh, uh, self-defense classes and things like that. You know, you go, to, you go to a seminar or anything, really. You go to a seminar, you have a blast of all this knowledge, do this, do this, do this. And unless you don't train it, it's gone, man. It's faded. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that, that's one of the things. For the physical things as well, really, speaking, yeah. for self-defense, that's a very small part of it. Mm. People can practice the self-defense self -defense elements daily. Just yeah. the way they conduct the, 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 the general everyday um, uh, lifestyle. But yeah, I think, that, and, and that's, you know, that, that, that's the point. But I also think where that analogy really works is if we take like the specialist. So let's say that, you know, the, the, the high level boxer, the brain surgeon of punching. Yep. Uh, the, the brain surgeon, if he sees somebody fall over in the street, he doesn't use his brain surgery. He uses his first aid. Yes. You know what I mean? So, so the fact that he's a, so that, that's the point, you know, the, with the first aid um, self-defense analogy, we'll all be doing pretty much the same stuff. It's then what we go on to, to specialize in, in those other areas. And I think keeping a clear eye on how they all relate, but aren't the same thing is really important, I think. You know, and then that's a fun then, because then we can, you know, the self-defense side is important, but we can tick it off and say, yeah, we've done that. Now what excites us? What interests us? What do we want to excel at? Without that need to tie it back to, well, would this work in first aid? You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that ties to the growth mindset, right? You've got that, that brewing in the background and you're always moving forward. You know, um, I'm just responding to, I just want to give some uh, shout outs to a lot of people over here. So MPW 1983 says, also a case of picking up on the albeit minor issues with positioning it online. I, I think he was responding to something we, we talked about earlier, but I, I can't, I lost the context there. Yeah. Uh, but he gave a comment to us that great analogies, 
that we were talking about earlier. Um, and then, um, let's see, uh, Mike, Mike, Michael Baird said, regarding education, someday the student leaves the school to be on their own, and we don't do that anymore as a martial artist, right? Yeah, so I, I think what he's, yeah, he's talking, yeah. I get that. You know, yeah. I, I, again, I'm um, likening to uh, rare, um, um, raising children. Yes. You know, if, if you're going to if you're going to raise children well, if that child is living in your basement when he's in his forties, you've not done a good job. So you know, so if if you've got students who have never had an independent thought of their own, have never learned anything of their own, have, have never gone out and studied something independently, you have been a bad instructor. The, yep. the whole point of being a good instructor is that your students will eventually supersede you. Or at least some of them will, you know what I mean? So otherwise, if we don't do that, then karate stagnates. So yeah, I get that, you know what I mean? We, we, we want people to... Um, uh, we, all instructors should be a step along the way. There shouldn't be a permanent base. No, none should. And, and uh, just to, to compliment what you're saying and to what uh, this gentleman was saying too, you know, good, solid education, okay, can take many forms, right? But if you want it to be organic, and you want it to be personal, you know, you got to look at it like, like, let's just say from a, from a business paradigm, you know, you have a manufacturing plant, you have your manufacturing supply chain kind of industry. Okay. And then you've got farming and agriculture. Okay. So if you take a look at the manufacturing process versus the farming process, they're both kind of, they're both kind of related. Okay. But I would kind of, cater the martial art education and education more like a, the farming process or gardening, right? Where there's this constant intervention of, you know, you got to make sure the environment's good, the soil, mm. you got to position the plants right. You got to keep it in the right environment. You're constantly checking on it. You're feeding it. You know, you're putting in fertilizer, you're, you know, you're taking care of all these conditions and you're letting it grow. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, whereas, you know, in the manufacturing process, I mean, you've got all of these, systems and, and, and flows all working together, but they're all working the same. And it's, you're producing this one particular product um, and then you, you're on to the next, you know what I'm saying? Whereas farming, to, to me, if I like to teach using this farming method, right? Like, so I don't have a whole slew of kata. Uh, I've learned a whole bunch of them, but I'll pick and choose certain elements or certain katas for my students. I just wanted to know what your, what your take on that is, like manufacturing versus farming, yeah, is that, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I like that analogy as well. Yeah, I think that works. It brought to mind, there's a Dan in the Santo quote about how uh, a good instructor will give experiences as opposed to direct lessons, you know what I mean? So you kind of put the student in an environment yes. uh, where they grow. But I'd relate that back to the traditional Shu Hari model, which is you know, central to everything we've been talking about, that you've got this... Um, Shu, Hart and Ree, these three three characters, yep. uh, where the idea is that we copy, we diverge, we transcend. Um, so when a student walks into the dojo, they will copy you directly because they have nothing else. But at a certain point, you should then encourage them, okay, diverge now, make this your own. You know, yep. start to take my lessons and make them yours. And eventually they'll start creating their own unique stuff. So I, I, again, it's that thing of, you know, you don't want the 40-year-old child in the basement. You, you don't want them... Um, uh, constantly copying what you've done, and it, it, it relates to this um, uh, the, the idea that the, 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 their own individual evolution, as well as the art evolution, that should be encouraged for the student. The need to make it their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. The the I, I I'd like to talk more about that. The need 
to make it your own, right? So I have, <laughs> I have been like, since, since I, I get excited. Um, and now that, especially when I, I know I can do something technically, like I, 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 I was a technical guy. I was an IT guy years and years ago. That was my former life. Um, but then I, I took a break from that and I got into education. And so my, my tech skills have, have gotten weaker, uh, and, and tech doesn't, tech doesn't die. I mean, tech just gets more complicated and, and uh, you know, as, as you move on and, and it gets better too. Right. So I'm trying to play catch up now and I'm learning how to put more stuff out there and stuff. So I get really excited and I'm putting up a lot of stuff, but the, 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 uh, the drawback to that though, is the stuff that I'm putting out to me, I don't really think it's anything different than what masters were doing back then. And I'm, I'm not trying to toot my horn, but what I'm trying to say is to your point, I'm expressing my karate, mm. right? And people think like, you know, like, and you are too. And I'm sure, like, I'd like to know, the reason why I'm asking you this, because I, I want to know your side of, of, of response to, to the public, um, of what you're doing. Like, I, I take kata and I've learned it like an alphabet. You know, I've learned it a specific way in my school. But then later on, when I left that school, I looked at other styles and other ways, uh, other styles that do that same kata or other systems that are totally different that for, are from countries that are from different places. They're yeah. also doing the same movements, but they're doing it in a different context for a different purpose and things. And then all of that is informing my understanding of the kata that I learned right from the beginning when I was a kid. Mm. And so when I'm expressing it, like, for example, little things like, you know, if I'm doing, uh, I can't do it because I'm attached to this thing. But um, if I'm doing like a, a Nihanchi, you know, the Nihanchi step where the first, you know, Nihanchi one, you're stepping across yeah, yeah. and then you do foot check and you go, right? Um, I've uh, learned, I, I've seen that movement done uh, in various arts that cross step moving forward. But so what I've done is I've kind of modified it to fit my, to my body mechanics because I, I've got hip issues and things. So I step a little bit more wider um, and, and so that I can open up my hip more to, to move, uh, mm. you know, for, into my next move. And so I tell all my students, I said, okay, this is the idea, but you adjust it according to what you need to do it for. And so everyone's doing kata a different way and they're making it their own. And then later on when I teach them, you know, uh, 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 when I teach them ideas on how you can kind of synthesize and use different ideas for bunkai, everything looks different across everybody. So I want your take on making kata, or making karate your own. What does that look like and feel yeah, like for you? There's the extremes there as well. So I, I can, um, the traditionalists that are watching this, the pseudo traditionalists, I'll let, mm. they'll have a meltdown at this point. Yeah. Because they may misunderstand that what we're suggesting is not a free for all. What, you know, so it's not, so let, let's say like, so for example, the, the cutters are like, they're um, tools to initially communicate combative principles and ideas that you can then give free expression. Yes. So you, you, now, so the letter A is the letter A. Yeah. But right, so when a child goes to school, they'll learn the same. When they're doing that, they're learning cutter. This is the shape and this is what it means. And this is the sound. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same the world out. Now then, and that's how you and I would do, that's a cutter A. Mm. Right, now what I'm going to say is, right, I want you and I to write out in our own handwriting Funakoshi's 20 precepts. And your handwriting will look different to my handwriting. Right, but it's still based on the same fundamental things there. So when we're not having a guy says, "Oh, I decide I'm going to make an A like this," 
you know, I mean, that, that, that's the, the, the chaotic free-for-all. There are some things that cannot be altered. You need those two diagonal lines. You need yeah. that horizontal line. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or you need the curve and the tail, right? How yeah. big you make the curve, that can't be altered. Otherwise, you lose the whole point. Right. So it's the same with the cat. You can get um, subtle changes within it, which will suit different body types better. But the same fundamental structure should remain the same. Then, of yep. course, having done that, the next stage, having learned to write, you then start to communicate. So now, with those tools, express your thoughts, express your ideas. I always like that, like, uh, uh, Itosu's sixth precept, where he said, uh, learn the explanations of every movement fully and then decide how you would use them when needed. Brilliant. So I think there's that element as well. So you and Brilliant. I, we have yeah. different mindsets. We've got different builds. We've got different levels of talent in various areas so so things that you can make work easily i'll struggle with vice versa so then you go we've all learned the same fundamental tools of communication the fundamental tools of combat now we will create with our own like a carpenter right carpenters are uterus martial analogy they, they learn a set of skills they have the same set of tools but what they end up producing will be unique yes and i i love it man you know what I, i've been i've been thinking similar things like when i talk to Everyone close in my bubble, you know, uh, about, about the craziness that I do. I use these analogies. I use letters. Um, I use uh, notes. I use uh, music and things like that. Um, because they're all, they're all easy to elucidate this idea, right? So, like, for example, like, I use tools a lot, too. The idea of a tool and carpentry. So, for example, just to elucidate on your part, um, I look at kata as an and we've talked about this too, uh, about uh, you and I about this. I look at kata as a biomechanical tool set and a conceptual a lesson delivery tool set as well. Okay. They, 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 those are those two things that I look at it as. So if you look at it as a biomechanical tool set, so biomechanical and tool set, I mean, and then carpentry, if you look at it like, like that, well, you're, you're, you're taking out. So you've got these motions. Okay. And that, to me, this is the letter A, okay? Mm -hmm. But you cannot do a job if you just take, keep the tool like that. You have to take the tool, take it out, and use it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's got to move in space. You got to have your hammer. You got to have something. You got to hit it. But the hammer has a certain shape to it. It's got a certain biomechanical structure to it that, you know, if you were to take the hammer apart, it's not a hammer anymore. But mm -hmm. you, if you have the hammer... You can use the hammer, yeah, for an impact tool. But if that's all you've ever been taught, then that's all you're ever going to know. But later on, if you, cross, if you educate yourself or even just play with the tool in various conditions in your job, you'll see that you can use the hammer, the backside of the hammer. You can use the hammer on the side to hit certain things. You can use the hammer to smoothen things out if you, if, you know, as you're working. So you come up with just for, through sheer experience – different ways of using that tool right and 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 to me that's the that's the creative side um so i wanted your take on that because like i see you doing that clearly i'm doing that a lot of my friends are doing that and not only just in the karate world you know that's how you become free that's how you become good that's how you become professional is test experiment try shuhari learn something yeah play and, and it's that it's a natural the shuhari like you mentioned ian correct me if i'm wrong i think that's natural learning that's that's experience yeah, that's I'll life so. you know yeah. like yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry uh, got uh, excited well, my, there for uh, a second yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, 
imitate, innovate, invent is another way I've seen it expressed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, but, but it's, yeah, it's the same. Learn, create, liberate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just the same fundamental idea. Yeah. And, and then as well, so you've got, um, you've got certain fundamental structures within certain movements or, or, or certain ways of moving that are, are, are always uh, going to be required. But once you start applying them, you've then got the variables of, variables of conflict coming. So how is that guy moving? How are you moving relative to one another? What's this guy's size? What's his posture at the moment? The yeah. movements start to vary. So when we do the kata, we are looking for a very precise uh, reenactment of these certain movements within, as we've talked about, with adaptation to the individual. Yeah. It's not a free-for-all. We're trying to get that. When we come to start to apply it, you'll get another layer of natural changes there because of the external stresses. So I liken this, you know, sometimes people go, you know, in, in the kata, you, you, the hand was here, but in the application, the hand was here. It's, well, so what? Do you know what I mean? So if you went to a boxing gym and they taught you to throw a cross, yeah. right? Yeah, hit Google images and, and type in uh, boxing cross knockout and try, try and type two images that are exactly the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, exactly the same. Yeah. The guy's head is the same, the weight yeah. distribution is the same, his yeah. arm position is the same, they're moving in the same direction. You just don't get it. So the fundamentals of it, of that punch, do not change. It's the same punch. But, but in application, it will always uh, adapt slightly or significantly without violating the underlying concept. It will always <laughs> change and adapt. And, and again, I think those, those who include, and you should, you have to, those who include live practice in their training get this because it's a mandatory part of getting live things to work live is that you can adapt to the specific circumstance. The ones who don't train live, which I can't fully get my head around, I can't understand how a martial artist can't train live, like yeah. a swimmer thing and never get in the water. Yeah. But, 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 but that's when you can have these arguments about, well, should the hand be here or here or here or here or here? Yeah. In combat, it'll be in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what's happening at that moment will be yeah. on where you are. Yeah, yeah. So you pick one of those examples for the kata, and Shotokan may choose one, and Shitori will choose another, and Matsubashi will choose another. But ultimately, what will determine how it will be performed is how those two individuals are interacting at that moment. So yes. it is, it's a lot more organic and free than people think it is. Yeah, that's, th that's exactly what I wanted. You, we, we touched on a point that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about your bunkai process, and that you kind of allude, you talked about that, but I just want to flesh it out a bit more. So um, I wanted to discuss, you know, your bunkai process in, in, in a sense that, like, for me, it's organic. Like, uh, we need to keep it organic in, in a sense that, you know, applications come out of live progressive resistance drills, right? Um, like, for example, you know, I, I discovered them in, in this way through sparring. And I discovered this, this way through just, like, you know, live training. And now live training, there's all kinds of, like, you know, you've, you've written about this. You have this in your books and, and in your apps and all this about, uh, I believe you call it the matrix, a training matrix or something like that. Yeah. Um, and um, so, like, hold on, I lost my thought here. Um, yeah, so I... You're, you're training in a, in, in a live environment and, you know, you're just in that moment and you're at pocket, and you, and, you know, and then after you look back, you know, it's training. So you look back and, and you say, okay, what went wrong? You know, you debrief, you look back and then you're thinking, okay, uh, I got hit here. I got hit here because of this, this, and this. Okay. Uh, this is, these are some of the adaptations I can make next time and stuff. And you, you just drill the heck out of it. And then what you do is uh, you, like, 
you just insert it and then you change. And sometimes that might not work because the, the opponent is going to stiff arm you or move or, you know, little changes like that. So live practice needs to happen with progressive resistance. But here's my thing. You know, I'm, I'm aging. Like, I think we're about the same age. I'll be 52 uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can't go as hard as I used to. So, but for me, a healthy amount of hard would be like maybe 20, 25%. That's enough for me, enough for me to keep it dynamic and, and keep me thinking. So I, I just wanted to ask you, like, you know, what's your take on the, on, on the bunkai process? Like, how do you keep it fresh? Like, if you were to tell the users here that, I mean, the viewers here, give them some key advice, what would you give them? Like, how can you keep bunkai development healthy? Yeah, I think yeah. there's two sides to that as well. So yeah. there's the, um, the analyzing process, uh, which has became an historical need in some cases. Yeah. And then there's having established the way that you view the cat there, how do you teach that in a way that leads to function? So if you had someone who said, I don't know what my cat is all about, my advice to them would be, go and find an instructor who can show you what that cat is all about. Do you know what I mean? So, because uh, 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 sometimes you've got an instructor that say, oh, Bunkai, you work it out. You know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, go find somebody. You know, you don't need, like, you know, I, I get that a lot of people come to me and they go, I've, everything else I've got in place, but I want help with the Bunkai side of things. Well, I can help you with that. But that would be my first thought. If you don't even know where to begin, start there. For those who uh, are being taught Kata with applications, the process as I have it is, so my students go, and it's a very quick process. Most of this will happen within the same class. Yes. That, that will go, and I don't necessarily stick to this order either, but I'll go, mm -hmm. right, here's, here's, here's the movement of the cutter, right? So there's, there's yep. a movement. Let's yep. drill that movement. Right. Now, get with a partner. Here is what that movement represents, and here's the application. Right. You Level put it two. right away. You showed it to them right away. Straight right. away, because nice. they understand them, right? Yeah. And, then, and I may do it the other way around. I may even go, here's the movement now yeah. it looks in the cutter right yeah and then you go this movement works because so this is this is the vulnerability i'm exploiting these are the tactics i'm applying this is what we do they're the combative principles upon which this movement is based and i now have a i want I've got a live drill i want you to do which isn't basically getting there and fight i'll have a live drill where i'll go this live drill will isolate those specific elements and give you a chance to play with it in, in, a, in a live free-flowing way. So if, if, if it, I mean, I picked Shutoki because we just did it, right? So yeah. if I did the Shuto, uh, basic application, this hand is pushing his limb, trying to frame it right, his arm down as this one comes into his neck. So practice that a few times with your partner so you get the idea. So this is a concept where I have husband and wife hands, it's pushing his arm yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, active, passive. Yeah. large tool against the weak area. You, when you do this, you'll tilt his body a little bit, try and make sure that you're not in front of the enemy, try and keep the enemy off their line, yada, yada, yada. This, explain to them that it's a, a mid-range tool. So in, in real fighting, it'll disappear really quickly. That nice, yeah, yeah. In and straight through it. Yep. But to isolate it, now what I want you to do with your partner is I want you to stand with your feet overlapping. And if this was a beginner, I'd, the game I'd say is I want you to reach out and touch the chest. Yes, right? and or, then the, other or, or the shoulder. Yeah. yeah, the shoulder, yeah, the shoulder. Yeah. And what yeah. you've got to try and do is get that out of the, stop them from touching your shoulders and touch their shoulders. And then very quickly, they start using their hands to control and push. Right. And I can point out to them, see, that there, you're doing it now, you're doing it in a free-flowing way. And then you can do the head, and then you can say, okay, put gloves on and try and hit one another. You can build it up as their level builds yeah. up. Yeah. And then you go, right now, back to the cutter. When you're doing that movement, I want you to visualize all of that. And then the solo cutter becomes a useful thing then because it triggers uh, memories of all those experiences. It's not hollow. 
So the solo kind of becomes a different beast. The people who do it without bunkai, without live experience, it's empty. It's an yes. empty hell. Yeah. For those that have had those, those live practices, when they do it, it's a chance to, to visualize it and support it. Right. And, 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 and I'll just finish on this. And then I think that's a problem, though. So most karate can do kata. There are some that don't, but most do. Uh, a greater number will do applications just in, in some way or another. A smaller number uh, uh, identify what the actual concepts of those applications are mm. and in order to be able to adapt and vary them. And far too few then take all of that into live practice. Yes. You need all of that for it to work. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is professionalism. That is holistic education. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking, so many things are going through my mind, like math. I teach math. Uh, and I think we've talked about this uh, in our previous podcast. And I, and I can't remember who I spoke to, but I speak about this all the time because <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a theme that's just brewing in my mind. It's like uh, arithmetic or adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing. Those are four skill sets, okay? I teach it to my kids exactly mechanically as that's when you add, you're actually putting two things together, right? Subtracting, you're taking things away, blah, blah, okay? Um, then in that same lesson, I will show them a problem. I'll give them a problem, a real life problem. And then I'll give them the strategies on how to navigate understanding the problem and how to use, how to connect those skills and shove it into the problem and, and where to use it in the problem, right? Based on understanding the problem. And then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll basically, you know, facilitate, navigate them through that whole process. And then we debrief, we look back, it's okay, how come, how come you got this answer? Uh, you were supposed to add. So what are you supposed to do when you do this, this and that? And then, and then you know, um, then the solution ends up being solid. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it, it, it takes a, it takes experience for you to do that. So like yesterday, I just, just a little plug into our seminar yesterday, Christian and I had a great time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we did this uh, free promotional thing online and really quickly to your point, we were doing uh, my, my portion of it was Shutoke yeah. and his, his was flow, flow drills, flow striking drills and all this brilliant stuff. And um, we just went back and forth, kind of like a bunkai jazz thing, which was kind of inspired by you, he said. <laughs> Right. So we did that. And um, so, you know, I, you know, here's the form. Okay. Here's the form. And, and when we deliver it from the back, it looks kind of like something like this, right? Yeah. Different styles have it low or some styles have it here. I've seen some styles, they meet their hands like this, but the idea is the hands go back. So now here's the tool, right? So what, I, what I've been doing lately, and this is how, this is what gives me a lot of, uh, how can I say breadth and depth into my personal applications. As I look at, where this, where the hands are, what they're doing. And I also look at changing all these planes. So like when my hands are going here, okay. When it's going back like this, okay. If I were to rotate that plane and put it here, okay. In mm. front of me now. Okay. Or even if I were to put it up here, okay. I've got an active hand and I've got, I've got two active hands. Mm. So what's stopping us from using this shuto okay biomechanical structure, like the letter a, I'm not changing yeah. anything. I'm yeah. using, a, this is all part of that A. This is A. This is A, okay? But I'm taking that part and I'm just changing it in space. And, and so one of the applications I taught yesterday was to, to parry, use this hand to parry and just intercept something, right? Mm. And if something, if there's a barrier this way, then no problem. I'm going to use the shutoke structure to clear that hand and come in again, you know? Mm. And I'm continuously using these bent arm structures, all these rotations that are all built into that kihon. And so... I, I love what you're saying. Um, and what you're saying is, 
I think we just need to keep doing this and hitting, hitting the world with obvious truths, you know, but, but I, I still want to know, like, I, I, want, I, want, I want it coming from you. I want to know why, like, why the disconnect still and what can we do to break that disconnect? Like, I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're talking about people um, um, today with it, um, as to why people might not want to practice karate in a more holistic way. Yeah. I think there's legitimate reasons and illegitimate reasons. Legitimately, I think people can say, I don't care about karate as an act of martial art. I like this as a form of exercise. I find it culturally interesting. I yeah. like the way my body feels when I do it. Yeah. Fine. If you, Fine. If you want to yeah. do your katas every day as art or as a form of like, oh, like a little bit of, almost like, like meditative, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, that's correct. But don't make a claim you're then practicing karate as a functional martial art. You must Correct. Correct. Right? But for those that, that, um, uh, that, that, that have that desire, but then would look at the likes of stuff that you, me, Christian, and many others do, and, and would see that as, as, as blasphemy. I think that's because my experience has been, right, is that they have learned <laughs> a form of karate that they finished. Yes. So, you know, they, 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 I've learned the katas now. I've learned all the set drills now. I'm now done. And then when the likes of us come along and say, no, 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 that one move that you first learned there, I can work on that for a week straight, you know, without moving from another thing. And it will take a lifetime to get right. That can be quite a scary thought. Yeah. So I, the analogy I use is, it's like, so I'm sitting here in my house. Let's say I suddenly notice, oh, there's a door there. I haven't saw that door before. And I open the door and there's another room. That's what discovering bunk eyes like to some people. And some <laughs> people go, whoa, this is great. I now have another room. My house has just gone up in value. I, I love this. And there's no need to spend all your time in that room. Spend time in the other rooms too. But you've got this extra bit that you, know, you can get a lot of enjoyment and benefit from. Some people, though, almost walk in, take a look and go, no, not for me. Yeah. And, and I think it's because there's that... There's, uh, there's that acceptance that when you make that step is that you are never going to be done. You are never going to know it all. There is always going to be huge gaps in your knowledge. Yep. So if you, if you reduce what you're trying to do to this, I just want to be able to do 15 katas correctly. Well, there's a point where you know karate. If you, if you get to the point, I, I want to be able to understand how to apply it in a free flowing, organic way in all the ways it can be applied. You've now got an endless task. And for some people that's exciting. And for some people it's terrifying. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I understand. And I think, you know, it's a, uh, well, before I go on, I just wanted to just uh, respect a lot of people on here. So there's comments in here. I just don't want to miss them. Uh, Cole, Cole, uh, Cole, Cole prior to a friend of mine from the U S how you doing? Uh, he says, uh, and we always need to thank the Okinawans for making their forms very to the point and quick to learn and a collection of six minute monsters. Um, a lot of people don't like to learn about violence or they don't take it seriously because they think they will always be safe. Yeah, so there's a lot of people on here. Uh, guys, if you could just quickly just shout out, put a heart, put a thumbs up, and also type in where you guys are from. Ian and I would love to know. Uh, I've got some of my, actual some of my students that I teach uh, here in Toronto, they're on. Um, and some of my friends, and I think a, a lot of these guys I don't really recognize. They're probably your followers, Ian. I know Lee Taylor is here. Hey, Lee, how you doing? Um, yeah, Lee mentioned you might be on. He sent me a text message uh, day or two ago. Yeah. yeah, he's here. Ben Forrester, how you doing, brother? Yeah, Brian so, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Germany here. Um, Sensei, Sensei uh, 
Andre Kiholz is here, I, I believe. Um, and uh, my Renshi, who, who promoted me um, to my third dan, he, he's here. I, I don't know if he's still watching. I think he's here, yeah. How you guys doing? Hi, for, hey, for Finland, Juha from Finland. Kiram from Markham. Yeah, guys, type in where you're from. <laughs> Steve Stewart from Hamilton. Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. Shout out. Nice. Nottingham, UK. Very nice. Good, good, good. All right. No, the Go point ahead. I was just about to make is you, you made the point of, you know, um, both kind of, you know, a fifth decade of life, sixth decade. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's that, the, way, the way that you train. So I think that's the other thing with the live practice as well is that it needs to be appropriate to the level of the student and it needs to be appropriate to the health of the student as well. So if you've got the, the, the live practice, I think some people think that we're saying, okay, it's effectively like full contact, no holds barred right from the off. Well, as we talked about, it can be as simple as a live touching the opponent's shoulder yeah. or trying to get a certain grip. You can make games out of it. Everyone can do it. You know, I've, I've had people in the 70s and 80s do this kind of sparring. And then you just choose the, the path that's appropriate to you. It doesn't need to be full on in. So that when people go, how do you do kata-based sparring, for example, that's a term I use. It's not a thing. It's a collection of a thousand tools that you, you'll use. There's lots and lots of different drills and games, you know, depending on what you're trying to achieve. So I just want to make sure that point was there in case people thought we were in any way, you know, saying just throw them in the deep end and see how it happens. No, just like with the technical stuff, the sparring should be structured, as you, you mentioned. Yeah. Just, you just one, one thing I've realized as well, just so we know, that's yeah, not go ahead. beer. That's not beer. It's a beer mug, <laughs> but, but it's, it's coffee, I promise. I've just realized all the way yeah, through the big right. early. <laughs> <laughs> You're day drunk. You're day yeah, drunk. Yeah, it's, no. it's coffee. I just like this mug because it's beer. Yeah. I, got, uh, <laughs> I got the Christmas-inspired cup. I got <laughs> coffee in here, and I got water. Yeah. So... I, when I do these things, I get really dehydrated. But to your point, yeah, um, live training can be for all ages and it has to be adaptable to your physicality, right? Um, yeah, one of the things I do at the seminars, you know, it's, it, for those who've never done that, when I say, okay, we're going to do some live sparring, and this is how we introduce it, go, right? we're going to do some live sparring. Yep. We will include eye gouging, head butting, kneeing, elbow, biting, throat grabbing, groin grabbing. And you'll all enjoy it. No one will get hurt. You'll have fun. <laughs> and they all look at me like I'm, you know, this, what, what on earth are you about to do? But when I slowly build it up and show how we can do it slowly, <coughs> again, everyone has fun with it. Everyone enjoys it. Yep. So, yeah, you can structure it. You've just got to be, you know, clever about it. Yeah, you got to be safe. You got to put in those things. So like my father-in-law, he's uh, 80 years old. He just turned 80 not too long ago. Uh, he's a hardcore Tai Chi guy, love Tai Chi. He, uh, he grew up uh, learning it um, back and uh, you know, in, in his homeland. Um, in, uh, oh man, I gotta know this. Uh, Macau, Macau, um, in an island off of Hong Kong, I believe. And he did a lot of Tai Chi um, and he loves push hands, you know, um, you know the, this, this movement here, okay? And there's various ways of doing it, you know, single hand, double hand, and, and it just goes crazy. Now, freestyle Tai Xiao, it's called Tai Xiao. Freestyle free, free Tai Xiao is, is uh, on an application base, is, it's pretty dirty. So, you know, you're moving around, you're looking for underhooks, you're looking for pins, you're looking for strikes, you're looking for takedowns. Now, he hasn't done any of that, um, but he's, done a, he's, he's taken it to the point where he's done a lot of freestyle, but he hasn't done freestyle with application. So, yeah. so when I showed him 
when he, I said, uh, dad, I call him dad. I go, dad, show me, uh, show me your, your push hands. So we're at the dinner table and we're just sitting down. We're just doing push hands there. Right. And then I said, uh, dad, um, I'm going to show you some ways that you can use it. And he goes, really son. Okay. Let's see. So I said, okay, but all I'm going to do is I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm just going to just make it a little difficult for you. And I, all I want you to do that is really simple. I want you to keep flowing and I want you to try to try to just avoid the impact of what's coming at you. Just try yeah. to avoid it. That's the only thing that you want to just avoid, but you want to keep sticky. You want to stay with me. Yeah, you want to yeah. keep that toy shout, but you just want to avoid. I just want to see what comes out Dad. you ready. And he goes, okay, son, go. So we're, we're like this. And then I just kind of just gently, I just kind of push him hard like this. And what, what he, he, what he did originally, he saw it coming and he, and, and, and his, and, and you can see all his muscles tensing up, but then because of his toy shout training, he just flipped his hips like this and he yeah. pushed me back. And I'm going, <laughs> yes, I go, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm going to dad, now I'm going to mess it up even more. And so, and so now he kind of knows and he's aware. So we're moving around and then I kind of drop levels. I put on my shoulder and then I'm pushing him. And then I put in my other hand and then he knows from training, the, the, he knows how to bridge that gap and touch my hands and start flowing. So then him and I, we had to get up out of our chairs and we're moving around in the kitchen <laughs> and we're going. And then, then I said, all right, this is getting interesting. So I, get, I grab my dad's head and I'm headbutting slowly. And then I'm throwing all these things. And my dad doesn't know anything about this stuff. Mm. But because of that, because I gave him that door to think about it, he's, he's kind of like adopting now. So yeah. he kind of tucked his chin in because he knew my head was coming in. He shoved his shoulder in and kind of shoved me out. And it was beautiful. And he's never done that before. You see what I'm saying? So to your point, I think, you know, like if we can reiterate what that last point, uh, what can you say to say older martial artists to keep things alive? Yeah, well, I mean, I've done that myself. You know, I, I, yeah. the way I trained in my, as a child, wasn't the way I trained in my teens, wasn't the way I trained in my twenties, my thirties, my forties. And now I'm training differently again. Yeah. You know, but, but I still think I'm making progress. I still think the improvement is just got to be age appropriate. Yeah. There's a lovely line from Bill Wallace about this as well, where mm. you know, as you get older, obviously, you know, um, it takes longer to recover from injuries. You're not as strong as you were. You're not as explosive as you were. You're not as flexible as you were. But you're always more experienced. So, you know, nothing takes the place of experience. You see. So, uh, but, but I, I know, like, for example, I'm training with some of my younger students. They've got more gas in the tank and, you know, they're, they're, they're physically more explosive. But that level of experience is something you just keep developing and developing and developing. I also think there's, there's one of the advantages to getting older as well is you can't be as inefficient. You don't have the luxury of inefficiency. You have yes. to train a bit more effectively, you know, in, in, on all elements because you, you can't make mistakes. You know, it, it just it doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. I gave you earlier on, I started off, you know, with my little understanding of Nagamini and, you know, I used, I used uh, you know, this book, for example, as a springboard to our discussion on traditionalism and evolution. And I gave, you know, what I thought examples of one man who's an Okinawan, you know, uh, doing what I think is healthy uh, traditionalism and evolution. You know, the man was thinking about uh, cross training. He, and he did it. He did kendo. He did judo. He he gave shout outs to combat sport players for, for having the attributes of mobility and flexibility and endurance in their games. Mm -hmm. And he says that we need, to, we need to turn to these types of activities to make our karate healthy. 
Um, and, and he talked about it in a sense of a kill or be killed situation. So, you know, cross training, he, he says the conclusion I, uh, sorry, the conclusion I made from this was cross training is important to build your, your attribute base and to, to, especially if you're going to be uh, looking at it from a self-defense point of view. And so now I, I just wanted to know, like, you know, from your, your take, if the masters, like, and you've mentioned a few, I think you talked about uh, Mutubo Atuso, and I know in the past you've talked a lot about Matsumura, and uh, you also talked about the Atuso precepts and all that stuff, and I love, I love all that stuff. And, you know, to be honest, just to, just to, uh, just to tell you, um, it's, it's, it's guys like you, um, and even Andy. Andy and I, we've done a lot of collabs, and we talk a lot, too. Um, and less and all those guys that's kind of making me kind of go back now and look at these books again and, you know, just refresh yeah. and learn more. Right. So I wanted to ask you if the masters lived today, would they be happy with the state of karate that's happening now? Why? Why not? Yeah. I, um, I think it'd be a mix. Yeah. Would be my, 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 but having said that, if you were to ask me, am I happy with the, start, the standard of karate of today? Yeah, I would say some of it and not other bits of it. Yes. So you know, you know so to 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 have the luxury of superimposing my own thoughts onto the past masters, I, I think that uh, from some of them we know is. So, for example, let's say uh, Funakoshi uh, talks about how um, he the the jisen things. So it's a it's a phrase term I use. Jisen. That idea of, uh, yeah. Pursuing karate for use in actual conflict. Funakoshi yep. wasn't so keen on that idea. He, he was very keen on it being a modern Buddha. So I, I, although, as you know, obviously a great admirer of Funakoshi's and quote him a lot, I can't help but feel that some of uh, the approach that I have adopted and that of my peers, I think yep. he would not agree with. I don't, I, you know, I, I think he would be, that's not the route I wanted karate to go down. However, I think someone like Motobu would look at what we're doing and go, yep, yeah, you know, th that's, that's, that's what it should be as well. I think they'd be very impressed with the technical standard. I think they'd be very, because I think that's definitely increased. You know what I mean? He's, you know, I think the standard of, of karate yeah. today, just because modern sports science and, and everything, all that kind of stuff, I think they'd be very impressed with that. I think they'd be overjoyed with how far it spread, considering a lot of them were, were trying to save it from dying out in Okinawa. To tell them yeah. it's now practiced by tens of millions of people all over the globe, I think they'd be really impressed with. And I think the ease at which information flows back and forth, I think the, the, the classical masters would be very pleased with <coughs> making use of that. Funakoshi, for example, would be delighted that you and I are having these kind of conversations and trying to learn from each other and trying to swap ideas and all that kind of stuff. I think they'd be overjoyed at the way people put stuff up on the internet to share ideas and bounce back and forth. The healthy seminar circuits and stuff, I think they'd be happy to. So um, maybe not happy with some of the nuances, but I think the big picture they'd be happy with. Yeah. yeah, cool. I I, uh, I I'm learning more about. Uh, it's interesting, you know. Like I have more time now, and I I'm maturing, and I have more patience to read, <laughs> you know, um, and and make connections, you know. Like like I looked at this when I was 13. I I looked at this, and I was basically just wanted to get it. You know, there's a lot of hype in the dojo to buy it, and I wanted to get it simply because I wanted to learn. I wanted to be a good student. I wanted to impress my teacher, and you know. But now I look at it. It's a gold mine. I, yeah. I, I look back at all these books and I, uh, it's a gold mine of stuff and it, it's really cool, man, to, to understand, you know. So I'd like to get to your stage where I, I, can, I, can, I know more about these teachers. The, the um, ceiling above my head is creaking with books. 
You know, I mean, if, if you open the door, I mean, the shelves are kind of like three foot off the wall, absolutely covered with it. But the thing with it, you can read all of those books and there'll be one line that yes. can be a, a, an inspirational, very revealing line. So people always go, what, what book? What book should I get? There's just too many, you know. But I think being a pro definitely the stuff of the old masters, people should read that stuff. Yep. Oh, for sure. I've heard you talk about this before. And I, I've spoken about it too. And, and I think it's a, it's, I don't want to give it away. I'll just say it. Okay. Uh, what's, what's your, what's your take on this statement? Um, I am a martial artist who does karate. Yeah. That's, I've always, yeah, that's my thing. I've yeah. always said it. I'm a martial artist first, a karate second, and I've no idea what style I am. That, that's the, the standard line, you know? So, um, uh, I think I thought, well, I'm lucky that way because I do interact with a lot of martial artists of different styles. Yeah. Uh, so th therefore, and, and you find you can learn a lot from one another. So I don't want to go, oh, that's an artist thing and I'm a karate guy. No, no, you're a martial artist. I'm a martial artist. Show me. Right. That you know, yes. So, so I'm a martial artist first. Um, now, and my, my chosen modus operandi for exploring the martial arts is karate because I like it. I like the history of it. I like the culture of it. I like the structure of it. I don't believe it's the best anymore that I could say that, you know, strawberry is the best flavor of ice cream. It just happens to be the one I like the most. So, um, so karate is my way of exploring the martial arts. That subdivision of karate styles, I don't subscribe to that anymore. I'm a karate king. Because I believe the styles idea is too, uh, too limiting. But yeah, martial arts first and foremost. Yeah. I, I concur. I mean, I, I, I got so much to talk to you about, but just, uh, just to share about uh, a year ago, before all this COVID stuff uh, happened, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm always opening up the dojo here to different martial artists, right? That's part of my thing. You know, we, we, do, we have a lot of study groups down here. Uh, that's part of one of the things we do. Um, and I teach privates out of here and I travel and all that kind of stuff and teach there too. Uh, but um, I love, I enjoy the cross training and the sharing uh, among when, when instructors come here. Um, and so sometimes I just meet people for the first time. So like we, we're, we're talking, you know, buzz is going. So I had like um, this guy just messaged me like last year and he says, he goes, Hey, Chris, you want to train? I go, sure, man. And, and, and then, and he says, yeah, I heard about you. And I go, yeah. Oh, I see that name. I go, yeah, I heard about you too. Uh, uh, he's a Silat guy um, mm. and a Kali guy. Um, and, uh, never met him before, but I've seen him at, at seminars and we were actually at seminars together, but I've just, it was just so big that I never, never knew he was there and vice versa. So he, ding dong comes to my house, you know, uh, give each other a bounce. I go, all right, let's go downstairs. We, uh, you know, put our equipment on this and that. And he goes, oh, what do you want to do? And I go, anything, man. Let's, and, and he goes, how about we just flow? I go, okay. So we just kind of posture. And then as soon as we hit. Boom, we're pairing, checking, flowing, <laughs> kicking, coming in, this and that. And we're going at a really, you know, I don't know this guy. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm also being guarded. Like, I'm thinking, okay, if this is going to go crazy, I'm going to shut it down quick. Or I'm just going to disengage and go get the hell out of my house. Right? <laughs> but, but uh, no, but, you know, I, I, I kind of knew who he was because, yeah. you know, I wouldn't let anybody in. But yeah, I kind of yeah, knew yeah. who he was because, you know, he, you know he, he was a trusted friend, right, uh, of, a, of a friend. Um, and so um, I knew that wouldn't go down. But anyway, we were just, as soon as that shot was thrown, we were wearing gloves. We were pairing, checking this and that, and flowing and, you know, taking down all kinds. It was getting messy. And, but then we did it again. 
And then I was paying attention to what he was doing. And then all throughout that whole session, it was, it was going something like this. Hey, what'd you do there? I go, hey, I did this. It's called this. Well, we call it this. this is, my teacher taught me that. I go, oh, cool. We've got this. This is how I use this. And oh, do that again because it looks the same. So like, for example, one of the things was, you know, in Rohai, uh, you know, we start off like, uh, I don't want to ruin my wire here, but we start off like this. Yeah. Okay, then we go down like that. Yeah. And then I have to shift, but I can't do it. And then we, yeah, look, we look this way. Yeah. Then we do this. We, yeah. we, our hand goes like this. And then we do this movement. Yeah, and we yeah. get into the frame. Boom, like that. Okay. Yeah. No, um, and our hands are hikite down this way. So yeah. it's boom, like that. So it's basically bam, bam, bam. Okay. So um, in our flow, we're moving. And I, I went for a hook line. Okay. And uh, my, my partner, he kind of shrunk, shrunk up like this. He checked it here. And then with this hand, he came and he trapped my hand right here. Okay. Then from there, he went for a smash, hit my head, elbow, and then he went to all these other things. But then the, the point is, when he did this and trapped and went in here, I said, stop. You I, go, I go, stop. <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm thinking, bro, hi. I'm thinking, oh, we got that. And, they, and he says, show me, show me. And so it's the, the immediate, as soon as I did what I just showed you, he goes, oh, I see that. And he goes, oh, that's cool. And he goes, you know what? We use it for a grab, he goes, but we also use this movement as an as a, as a eye strike mm -hmm. or a distraction. So we'd come in and slip off the line and we'd go in like this. And, and he goes, and we just continue using that. If, if there's a barrier, he says, yeah. we will check that hand and go in here or we'll check it and come in again, right? Mm -hmm. Using the same. And I'm going, this is what martial arts needs to be about, right? Yeah, so I, I just need, I wanted to share, like, what's your experience with that? Like, I know Christian talks about Bunkai Jazz. Yeah, um, well, with, with the one is, I mean, the, the, what that reminds me of years ago, probably talking about 25 years ago, uh, I used to have these Friday night sessions for Karateka who were into this kind of stuff. And then one of my students also trained in um, Jiu-Jitsu. So his Jiu-Jitsu instructor heard about what we're doing and said, can I come along? Yeah. yeah, he comes along. Oh, I've got another friend who does, you know, a BJJ. Can he come along? Yeah, but then we ended up with a, uh, a Wing Chun guy there and a Thai boxer there. And we all just used to gather together on Fridays. And I said, this doesn't feel like I should be leading this anymore. So what I do was I'd always go, here's a, here's a move, here's an idea, here's a drill. And then the other instructor would jump in and build on it. Do you know what I mean? And I still teach things today that were a result of those mind melds. Yeah. <laughs> it was Friday nights 20 years ago, you know. Martial, if people have that open minds uh, and can interact like that, and it goes back to this thing of having holistic training as well. Is, uh, I sometimes find I've got more in common with martial artists who are not karateka than I have with karateka who are very limited in, in, in the thinking. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk the language. So, like, you know, I, I can't trap like a Wing Chun guy can trap. Yeah. But, but I know enough in trapping from the karatekatas that we can have a conversation. You know, I can't throw like a, like a judo dangre can throw, but I know enough about throwing that we can have a conversation. Do you know what I mean? So, I, so, so and sometimes I find that you'll get these three K karate guys. I have nothing in common with you. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to get involved in a, you know, how many horse stances can you fit on the head of the pin style arguments? You know, these kind of, you know, <laughs> crazy. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I've trained with Krav Maga guys, Wing Chun guys, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys, um, judo guys. MMA guys and been able to kind of just train as martial artists because we've got enough of a crossover between what we do and then swap ideas and concepts in a way that everyone finds it interesting. That's great, man. You know, like I, the, the way I see it is like when, when you do that, right, especially, you know, if you're, let's just say if you were, when you do that and w when you're just open 
and you're just sharing, you're putting out all the tools out there and we're all getting a chance to try it and play and, and, and kind of share. That's, that's where the real learning happens. And I, the way I see it is you get to see all the similarities and the differences are just little nuances, but the similarities are more than the differences I find. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, let, let's face it. Let, let's look at the human body. The human body is a machine. It's a, it's, a, it's a product from wherever. It's an amazing product. But I think over the evolution of, of, the, of, of us being humans, we've figured out how this thing breaks, right? We, we know how things break. We know, we, we know about the malfunction of this body. And, yeah. uh, you know, let's just say from a biomechanical level, like you turn it this way, things are gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna hurt, right? You, you hit certain parts, you smash certain parts, you push certain parts. Okay, so we know, we know how to break, we know how to heal. Um, and, you know, we're learning new ways of doing that, you know, as, you know, science progresses in this and that. But the general basics of inflicting harm on, some, on us and how this generally, the, the system malfunction of our human body, I think cultures, it, it's culture, it's, it, how can I say, it's uh, standard, right? Yeah. We just call it different things, right? Yeah, no, that, that's it. And that's, that's you, the other side, the cross-training thing as well. Because nowadays, as we talk about, you get arts that specialize. So, so boxing, for example, specializes in punching. Striking, look, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and do it to an incredibly high level. 100%. If you look at the boxing of the 1900s. Yes, I, I want to know about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, what you've got is it's got um, what you'd recognize as trapping, a little bit of kicking, throwing. Kicking? Uh, it's got oh, kicking? kicking. Yeah, really? Purring is the name of kicking. Yeah, it's got kicking skills in there. But basic, you ah. know, kick a guy when he's down, kick him in his shins, but it's all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They would have, the old manuals had weapons practice in it. Um, uh, it, the, the, um, it was a much more holistic martial art. So nowadays, if so, it's a simple, say so, someone saw a simple trap, right? A lot of martial artists would look at that and go, oh, that's Wing Chun. No, right. it's not. It's every single martial art in existence because they all need to know, you can't hit the guy in the head if his arm's in the way. Right. So every single martial art It's that. a natural yeah. reaction. Yeah. Wing Chun have specialized in it. Yeah. You know, so, so, so they're the, the art that people in the modern age associate with it. But, 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 but um, all of the older versions of the martial arts are quite holistic. Judo, all manuals are punching and kicking in them and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's, it's, um, it's um, the, 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 the fact that some of the arts have narrowed the focus and excelled can it still help the more broad-based martial artists because we can go, wow, that's some pretty cool stuff you're doing now because that's all I do. So you and I would say, um, you know, I'm a martial artist first, a karateka second, for example. But there are people who I know, and it's, there's nothing wrong with this, will go, oh, I'm a judo guy first, I'm a martial artist second. You know, so judo is, they want to be good at judo and judo is their thing. And if they can yeah. learn something else about other martial arts, then, yeah, okay, okay, I'll learn it. But I'm mainly interested in excelling in this one area. Well, it was my thing is, no, I want to learn all of it, you know, and, and, and then say karate is the vehicle that I, I, I choose to, to do it. Yeah, so it, it is interesting how, um, I call it the common origins myth, that people say, oh, hip throw, well, how did that judo move get in the kata? It didn't, it's a hip throw. Exactly, you know, exactly. Every, every culture, in the, I always like the bow and arrow, there's not a culture in existence ancient culture that didn't invent the bow and arrow. There wasn't some Stone Age Steve Jobs who invented the bow and arrow and went on a world tour teaching yeah. people in the community, right? They all yeah. worked out independently. So it's not like the first tribe bumped into tribe being, but we've worked out this hurts. 
oh, really, we've worked out bending this, you want to trade weapons, you know. Everyone works out what a punch is, everyone works out what a lock is. Yeah, I, I to, to, to the point earlier, like, I, I, I think, you know, we're humans, man. We've, uh, we, we've socialized, we've gotten in each other's nerves, we've, 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 we've become, we've destroyed each other, so we know. We've got experience with all that stuff. Certain things break, and we figured it out. We figured it out, right? On Drager. Uh, Dragon. Oh. His, his book said, um, uh, it, was, it was paraphrasing the Bible, right? So there's a line in the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So yeah. when he's talking about martial arts, Don Drager said, he goes, there is nothing new under the sun, yeah. except perhaps the very old. So the stuff yeah. that people have forgotten about seems new. So if you show a, a boxer how to add a kick into his sequence, he goes, whoa, you know, this is, this is new. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very old. <laughs> yeah, it's just old. It's, it's been there. You know, like I, I uh, see, the thing is, like, I, I, the, the fact that, the fact that uh, I, um, how can I say, I'm very blessed and lucky to, to, to have the reciprocal, like I, I put out there, I said, look, I want to train. Let's, let's, let's have this unity type of environment. And, you know, not everybody, it's, it's not for everyone, but, uh, you know, I'm fostering this culture where, you know, we can have study groups and training and all this kind of stuff. And then it's getting bigger in a sense that, you know, I'm putting this idea out there and I'm going out there and I'm, and I'm, you know, slowly by slowly, I'm, I'm getting into planes now, you know, and, 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 and leaving and training and sharing. Um, when, when this happens, you get to get so much meaning from all these other, all these other people give you input into your current training. So, so like, for example, like, you know, this whole, Les is going to love this, this whole, Hikite thing, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to start this, but I'm just saying, like, and you, you, <laughs> yeah, I know, please, I, and we won't, trust me, I just, a small little minutia, you know, um, you've, you've, uh, in one of your videos, you've mentioned this, and I, incidentally, you know, I've kind of discovered it just from moving, you know, like, this recoil here, right, if you look at, you, you can think about this with practically any movement, any kihon, is you look at the whole movement, so, this hand, wherever it is, you know, or if you're doing something, let's just say you're taking this hand, it's got to go back here. This hand has to go all the way from here to here. But it's also going here and here and mm. here and here, right? And then the idea is it's, okay, maybe coiling or maybe coming down this way, right? And so what's, what's stopping us from using that concept? And boxers do it all the time. And combat sport players, from a very abbreviated point of view, they're here and they're pairing, they're pairing and hitting, right? Yeah. To, me, to me, that's hikite. Uh, you know, that, that little, that little minutia of yeah. here to here, that's hikite. Yeah. This, this, this here is an arm strip. Like, so like if you're going here, you know, where wrestlers do that. So they're yeah. coming in, they're crashing in, boom, they're here and they're pulling. That's to me is hikite. It's like the same biomechanical which Principle, is in lo loads right? of kata, the first movement you, you, you described is in loads. It's in the babishi called the bird flaps its wings is the name of the technique where you flap and then strike with the same arm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's it. We'll do that as a close range thing with bang with your hand. Boom. Yeah. And then we'll, but then we'll adapt it to the sparring. You know what I mean? So you see the idea of pawing down the, the hands and then coming over the top with the, the, the jab as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing new. You know what I mean? That, that's no. It. It's, it's the same stuff. And, and, and the thing is, you know, um, when I play with, like, here's another example I'm sure we can share because we both have daughters, right? Um, I, when, I, when I play with my daughter, okay, I'm moving around, and I'm, I'm, my hands are in her face and stuff. She instinctively kind of just swats my hand out of the way and wants to hit me back, you know? Don't She'll go, yeah. boom! You know, 
and, and there's no training there, you know. No, I mean? listen, like, they'll do the one. He's like, you know, like, so I'll hold my hand up, and my yeah. daughter would try and slap it. Right? Yeah. So, so you play that game of going and you do this, you move it, you see, and she re she misses twice, and then what she does is she puts her other hand on it. Yeah. You know to what I mean? Stop so it. She hits it. Yeah. So that there's the other use of to get that grip. You know what I mean? So you know where the enemy is. That proprioception thing. It, it's. It, I don't think it's a coincidence that most the first thing most school teaches is. is yeah, grab him and hit him. If you get two untrained people fighting, what's the first instinctive thing they'll do? They'll try and grab and then hit. I will say our hands are too good for two things. The fantastic clamps and the good clubs. Right, you know, right. So, so they'll do that. The clamp and club, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's the, And that's the first move you learn pretty much in any karate dojo. Yeah, you see, like, t to me, all this stuff is, is like solutions that are put together that are passed on. There, there's, there's stuff that's all figured out. It's just there in a package. It's like, here, take it, play play right uh it, it's and that's that's how it, it's great man um oh man i we could talk forever but uh <laughs> I, I just want to say thank you once again round two really love it uh i hope you had a good time um, i always really enjoy talking to you chris it's great thank you, know you I mean? thank your, you your enthusiasm i mean I, I get told i'm enthusiastic i think you're a level above <laughs> 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 so I love it. I really enjoy talking to you. It's great. Your enthusiasm sparks things in my head. So it's been fun. Uh, I, I, I'm, and we, we can do round three, four, five, six. We don't oh, I appreciate that, today, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. That, that means a lot coming from you. People think, I want to tell you, like, people who don't really know me, they, th this, like, level of boom, like, this kind of <laughs> energy level, my students are used to it. Like, like when they first meet me at, at the beginning of the semester, they're like, Whoa! Right, but then, <laughs> then, then they're all, they all become like me. They're all like they love it because they I I, I foster a kind of a fun-loving, spirited kind of you know yeah. environment in the classroom, and I think it's important. But you know, those who don't know me, they think I'm nuts, man. You know, they're, they're going, I also think within the karate world as well, sometimes people teach in a very dour, grey way. You know, bowing and it's all flat. I think yeah. it, 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 when people like yourself have that energy and a bit of humor, it, it's just such a more enjoyable learning environment, right? You know what I mean? So I, I get within the martial arts, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I like it. Keep doing it. I, I've, oh, thank you. Like, I, I've experimented with both styles too. Like I'm always changing up my teaching style like academically and also with martial arts. And I find, you know, to your point, like if I like, and, and it all depends. Like sometimes I will teach uh, I will purposely, I'll have to act like I have to, because that's not me. I'd have to, all right, guys, come inside, sit down, <laughs> all right, take your books out. Okay, you got 10 seconds, let's go. 10, 9, I count. I'll be like a drill sergeant. I go, okay, get your books out, get your pencils out, all right, turn to this page, right? And, and some classes need that because yeah. they just need that. But then yeah. generally, when, then I experiment, you know, when, I'm, when I crack a few jokes, and it's a timing and experience thing, I'll crack a few jokes and I'll just kind of keep things going and this and that. I find that, the guard drops yeah. and the kids become more, you know, laugh and uh, they, they enjoy and they want to share more. And kids that are normally like, you know, they're shy, you know, they'll, their hands are up or they're blurred out answers and whatever. You know what? I like that. And then at a seminar at the end of the, like, so long, if we talk about martial arts, like I, I, I've done a few seminars, not nowhere near as much as you've done, but, uh, but I, I'm starting now to do a bit more here in Toronto. And uh, the few that I did, I've experimented with different teaching styles. And near the end, I say, hey, guys, um, so you saw what we did. What worked? What didn't? What, what pissed you off? Uh, what, kind of, what, what are some things that you're saying, no, there's no way this is going to work? And why? What, what makes you think that? And I'd love to know your thoughts. 
and I, and I open it up in a sense that I, I, I kind of show that I'm vulnerable and say, listen, I go to seminars and I, I know what, I, what I'm looking for. And sometimes there's some things that just don't work, but I'm kind of scared to say why it doesn't work. But I want you guys to be honest and tell me why it doesn't work because mm -hmm. I want to know because that's going to help me and maybe I can, I, I can, I can fix it or it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me think of something that I never really thought of, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so that kind of, to, to me, I, I don't care anymore now. I'm just going to be honest, you know, and, and, and just keep going like that. Yeah, and that's the same martial arts. I'm exactly the same. But look at what I do. If it works, it works. I'll keep going. One of my instructors as well had a lovely phrase. You say, uh, good teaching is 80% training, 20% entertaining. <laughs> I always really like that, you know. So yeah. Model I try and follow, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to keep that on the back burner because it, it, that 20%, that is gonna what it's gonna sustain you. That's gonna keep things flowing, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it, it, yeah, enthusiasm's infectious, but might, that might not be the right <laughs> turn of phrase <laughs> for the. <laughs> yeah, people say to me, they're going, they're going. Did you did you take crack cocaine before you started teaching? Like, what's going on, man? You know, like uh, it's a caffeine for me. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, or people they say to me, they're going, Chris. You know, we call you the passions of Chris. <laughs> they go like that right uh but no man thank you so much um so listen uh if you wanna if you wanna get to know ian a bit better you want to find ian stuff we can find you at ianabernathy.com correct yeah i-a-i-n and abernethy with an e not an a i'm not abernathy it's abernethy abernethy yeah, yeah i hope yeah i i, it, I, it, I i'm realizing it's more commonly spelled nathy on <laughs> your side of the atlantic so it's, it's, <laughs> mind it's a canadian yeah. thing who yeah, knows? well, US in particular, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. To, he seemed changed to an ear with my... Shoot, I hope I didn't mess it up like on this. the thumbnails. I think I spelt it right. Nethy, N-E-T-H-Y. Yeah, it'll find its way to me eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so check him out there. And guys, if you, li if you like this kind of content, uh, we do podcasts here, but I also share my martial art journey. Uh, I'm trying to put out as much practical ideas as I can. You can find me on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, if you want to support the channel, I got a fresh batch of uh, winter shipment of shirts, Karate Unity. I'm wearing them right now. They sweat really well. They're really good. I've got my logo here on the side, my Kempo logo, and I, I put the word relentless. I kind of, it's, <laughs> I'm relentless. I want you guys to be <laughs> relentless too. If you, want, if you want one of these, they're only 25 Canadian dollars. Uh, you can message me at Karate Unity uh, um, pretty much on DM me on Facebook, on Instagram, or you can email me at karateunity at gmail.com. Chris Hansen signing out. Thanks for watching. I'm going to put all this out on YouTube. Thank you, Ian. Do you have oh, any la last things to say before we go? No, I'm good. I've enjoyed it. Nice to talk to you again. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And uh, remember to treat each other with kindness and respect. Bye, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye.